I think this is a water on the pulpit day. You may be able to tell that my voice is struggling today, dealing with some sinus stuff. But trust that God is with us, that He will lead us, that He will speak to us this morning through His Word. We'll be in Exodus chapter 31 today, verses 1 through 11. But before we jump into that text, I want to want to pause for a minute and connect with where we were last week as we looked at that previous chapter and more specifically instructions about prayer. Instructions about this altar of incense where fragrant incense would be burned and rise up to the Lord as a a symbol of prayer. Just as that incense would rise up to the Lord, the Lord would hear the prayers of His people, and we camped out there last week on prayer, noting that God hears the prayers of His people, that He delights in the prayers of His people, that He responds to the prayers of His His people, and even more so, how much our, our High Priest, Jesus, our High Priest, is praying for us. He's praying for us even now, right now. So I want us to lean into to prayer for the next few weeks in particular. We want to be a people who pray, and we pray often. We pray certainly for needs represented in our church family as the Lord leads. But for the month of May, I want us to pray specifically for people beyond our church family. As a church, I want us to pray for those in our community. For people that the Lord puts in our path. I want us to pray for them by name. I want us to, to pray for them. You, you may not know their full name. You may only know their first name. They may be your child's teacher or bus driver. They may be your next door neighbor or your waiter at the local restaurant. They may be your Uber Eats driver, your grocery deliverer. But let's be a people who pray for those the Lord puts in our path during the month of prayer. We're going to call this emphasis, help us to pray. Lord, help us to pray. Open our eyes to see those that you put before us, Lord. So that we might be faithful in lifting them up to you, trusting that you will work. You will hear our prayers, you will delight in them, and that you will work in these folks' lives for your glory. And so you may have noticed this as you come, you came in this morning just outside the sanctuary there. On each side of the, the main entrance, there's, there's some scripture up on the wall. Help us to pray. And then there's some scripture about the Lord leading his people to pray. A text from Jesus praying, for all those that will come to faith in Christ. There's a, some instructions there from Paul in 1 Timothy chapter 2 about praying for all people. And so I want to invite you, I want to challenge us, church, to pray for those the Lord puts in our path during the month of May and then to celebrate how he works through that. So there's a bunch of these little postcards, and I know you can't read that from there, but I want to invite you, I want to ask you to take one or more of these today And to pray specifically by name for folks the Lord puts in your path this week. And to record their first name here. There's spaces here for up to five people. You may pray for five people by name this week. It may only be two or three people. However the Lord leads. And I want you to record that. Pray for those folks by name. And then bring that back and drop it in one of those glass bowls there on the table. And we're going to decorate those walls. We want to celebrate... The Lord hearing our prayers. We're going to trust Him with those. And our goal for this month, and I want, Metabrite, I want us, I want us to blow this out of the water. A thousand people. One thousand people for the month of May beyond our church family that we are praying for. We, 
we, we may not know. We, we don't know. They may or may not know Jesus. Let's pray that they do. Let's pray that if they do, that their faith will be strengthened. If they don't, let's pray that they hear the gospel and that they respond to God's grace for salvation. Let's trust the Lord in this. Let's celebrate His work in that way. So you take one or more of those postcards, trust the Lord with it, pray for folks by name, bring it back, and we'll celebrate the Lord's work in that way. You're not going to put your name on this anywhere, just first names of folks the Lord leads you to pray for. And it's a QR code there on that barcode. If you've got a smartphone, you can scan that. It'll take you to the Bless Every Home app, a helpful tool for praying for your neighbors. Also, we want, we want to hear what the Lord is doing through you. And so we invite you to share your experience with us via email, info at meadowbrookbaptist.org. We want to celebrate how the Lord uses this this month. Let's be a people who pray. Help us to pray, Lord. And even now, help us, Lord, to hear your word. So let's hear his word. Exodus chapter 31, beginning in verse 1. Let me invite you to stand with me for the reading of God's holy word. The Lord invites us to be involved in his work. Invites us to be involved through prayer. and We'll see this morning that he invites us to be involved through, through using our gifts to serve him. Let's hear his word. Exodus 31, beginning in verse 1. Then the Lord said to Moses, See, I have chosen Bezalel, son of Uri, the son of Hur of the tribe of Judah, and I have filled him with the Spirit of God, with wisdom, with understanding, with knowledge, and with all kinds of skills to make artistic designs for work in gold, silver, and bronze, to cut and set stones, to work in wood, and to engage in all kinds of crafts. Moreover, I have appointed Aholiab, son of Ahizamach, of the tribe of Dan, to help him. Also, I have given ability to all the skilled workers to make everything I have commanded you, the tent of meeting, the ark of the covenant law with the atonement cover on it, and all the other furnishings of the tent, the table and its articles, the pure gold lampstand and all its accessories, the altar of incense, the altar of burnt offering, and all its utensils, the basin with its stand, and also the woven garments, both the sacred garments for Aaron, the priest, and the garments for his sons when they serve as priests and the anointing oil and fragrant incense for the holy place. There to make them just as I commanded you. Let's bow together. Father, we we pray that we too would hear your instructions. And Father, that we would obey. Lord, speak to us now. Encourage us now. Father, equip us through the ministry of the word. It's in the name of Jesus we pray. Amen. Well, you may be seated. Throughout church history, Christians have held varying views regarding worship styles and structures. Small living rooms, high-tech auditoriums or gothic sanctuaries, large choirs or smaller praise teams, organs or guitars or or both, classical or contemporary, pews or chairs. Stained glass windows or open air outdoor chapels, coat and tie, clergy robe or untucked polo. Right? People have fought and churches have split. They have divided over such differing opinions and preferences. The Bible says a lot about worship. It really does. 
But it doesn't prescribe specific styles and structures. Instead, what God's word provides, it provides principles to be practiced by those who gather in places like this one to worship Jesus. And as we've been seeing, as we've journeyed through this portion of the Bible, since Jesus is our perfect sacrifice and he is our permanent priest, we no longer worship in a tabernacle, right? We no longer gather at a particular location, the tabernacle or temple, where God's presence dwells in a way that it doesn't everywhere else. We no longer worship in a tabernacle, but God's ancient instructions for building one do teach us, and they do remind us that God is a God who loves art and beauty. God loves art and he loves beauty. He loves art and beauty. The Bible begins by describing God as creator. The ultimate creative mind, the creator of light and land and water, of dirt and shrubs and trees, the creator of bugs and birds and bees, of fruit and fish and livestock, of creatures that creep along the ground, right? Of the moon and the sun and the stars whose light sprinkle out across our night sky. God's creative capacity is unmatched. The heavens declare the glory of God. The skies proclaim the work of his hands. You guys know me as Chris, but my other name from time to time is Chip, right? Chip and Joanna from Chip and Joanna Gaines, HGTV. I'm just kidding. I'm nowhere near nothing like Chip. My wife, Ashley, is a lot more like Joanna. She thinks sometimes I'm like Chip, and so she has these ideas for home improvement projects. And one of those ideas about a year ago was to redo our master bedroom closet. So we, so we began to, to plan and prepare for that and vision what that might look like, taking out the wire shelves and putting in a more permanent uh, shelving system. And so uh, I'll confess my sins here. I, I'm sort of the, the type that thinks about that a little bit. Uh, so I get two steps in and I think, well, I just got to go buy some stuff and then begin playing with it and see if it's going to work. And so that's that's what I did that day. I thought, you know, I need some plywood and I need uh, about this much plywood. I need to I need to get it and work with it and see if I can cut it and how it's going to fit. And so it just so happens that at Lowe's that day, I ran into a guy who knows all about this stuff. Many of you know him. Rod Clyde, member of our church, someone who often uh, ushers on Sunday morning. And Rod is an expert in this stuff. He knows all about building shelves and cabinetry. He knows all about this stuff. And I remember thinking as I began to interact with Rod, you know, I, I'm not equipped for this. I don't have a clue what I'm doing. He began to caution me against doing it a certain way and suggesting another way. And I'm thinking, that's that's a bit over overwhelming. So I was glad I ran into Rod, but then I was concerned because I ran into Rod. And it just so happened over the next few weeks, Rod began to guide me and help me with certain Elements of that along the way. Praise God for people like Rod. Praise God for people like Hope McPeak, who drew the scripture verses by hand that are outside over those tables in the foyer. Praise God for people like Pete, who's in the sound booth every morning, who does graphic design and videography and photography and all this stuff. Many of you have... Incredible diversity of, of gifts. Praise God for creative and skilled minds, for workers of art like these, for Bezalel, son of Uri, 
And for a holy ab son of a hisamak. I just like saying those names. I'm going to say them as many times as I can this morning. God loves art and beauty. Describing the skill of Bezalel here in verse 4. As the ability to make artistic designs for work in gold, silver, and bronze. I'm thinking Bezalel is a good thing. Because this is quite a task that you have before you. I can just sort of picture, I don't know about you, I can picture Moses up on Mount Sinai with his, his Apple pencil and his iPad sort of sketching this out, making sure that he's got all the dimensions right, right? All these cubits, rooms lay out, the various colors of, of fabric, the gold, silver, and bronze, the various precious metals. Thinking, Who in the world am I going to find among a bunch of recently released brick-laying slaves to build this thing? God says, I got you covered. I've already chosen Bezalel. I've appointed Aholiab. I've gifted all the skilled workers that you'll need to help them. You see, church, God loves art and beauty. And since he does, God calls and equips some to be artists. He does. Part of his design, God calls and equips some folks to be artists. You see, friend, if God has gifted you with artistic ability, with designing, with building, With sketching, with cutting, with drawing, painting, decorating, calligraphy, photography, videography, with landscape gardening or knitting or sewing or cooking or crafting, then he desires you to acknowledge those gifts as from the Lord and to use them for his glory. God says in verse 3, And I filled Bezalel with the Spirit of God, with wisdom, with understanding, with knowledge and with all kinds of skills. God says, these gifts that this guy has, and there's a bunch of them, these gifts originate in me. That's what God is saying. They're from me. These are gifts from the Lord. Spiritual gifts for the good of the people and the glory of His name. In other words, without these artists, Israel could not do what the Lord commanded her to do. Friend, if God gifted you with artistic ability, I believe that he desires to use that gift in you for his glory. I believe he desires to use your gifts in the church. Maybe not to build a building, but perhaps, right, Ken? Builders for Christ trip coming up. An opportunity to work together to construct portions of a church building for the sister church up north. Ken, raise your hand. We don't even know Ken. If you're interested in that trip, they need to know ASAP, and you can let him know next month. It's next month. Maybe not to build a, a building, but most certainly to build up the body of Jesus Christ. And of course, such service is not simply for creative types. But for every believer who is part of the body of Christ, God calls and equips some to be artists, but God calls and equips all to serve. Calls and equips all to serve. Bezalel and Aholiab are spiritual servants, examples of God's very giftedness among his people. According to his sovereign will and his perfect plan, the Lord God Almighty has chosen to use People, ordinary people rescued by his grace and filled with his Holy Spirit to make his name great 
in all the earth. Have you ever noticed in the Bible that even though you read about persons, specific persons, Abraham, right? Moses, Joseph, David, Samson, Samuel, Jeremiah, Gideon, John the Baptist, Peter, Paul, a host of others. The stories aren't so much about persons as they are about a people. A people, persons called out of brokenness and sin and into the company of God's people. Part of a people reconciled to God and to one another. Part of a people growing together, growing together in grace. Living in unity and community, yes, for the benefit of one another, but also for the sake of God's name. So brothers and sisters, fellow citizens of of God's kingdom, members of his household, we've been called to be part of something rather special. And in order for that something rather special to function well and to fulfill its purpose, God calls and equips each member of it to serve. Of course, we're talking about the church. And so Christ himself gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors and teachers. In other words, those whose ministry focuses on communicating the word of God. He gave them to equip his people, all of his people for works of service so that the body of Christ may be built up. God gives the regular, steady diet of the ministry of the Word in order to equip the members of the church to serve in the church for the good and growth of Jesus Christ. So Paul would go on in that chapter, Ephesians 4, 16. From Christ, the whole body, joined and held together by every supporting ligament, grows and builds itself up in love as each part or each member does its work. Like many of you, I've spent much of the spring on the ball field or at the ball field. Children playing baseball and and softball. And I can tell you about a little left-handed boy who began the season as a candidate in his coach's mind, the first practice or two, uh, on first base. Sort of trying out that position to see if this little left-handed boy could fit if, if, if he was equipped for that position and it quickly became apparent that he was very well equipped for left field right that he was gifted in a way that made him an incredible left fielder and so that's where he landed for the majority of the season and praise God that that baseball team or any other ball team isn't filled with just first basemen right if it's full of first basemen, if everyone was vying to play first base, then the team would lose. They had no chance to win. But filled with people playing various positions, not for the benefit of their own reputation, but ultimately, ideally, for the benefit and reputation of their team, of the Padres in this case. Right? It wasn't about a player, it was about the Padres. And likewise, church So it is in the church. It's not about a pastor. It's not about a preacher, a family, or a program. It's not even about buildings and butts and budgets. But it's about the reputation of a king. The king of all kings who has called a people who were not his people. And who were running from his glory and chasing after cheap and fleeting praise to become his precious people who delight in his unfailing love and who cannot wait 
to proclaim His glory and His grace. Friend, are you part of that people? A people who've been called out of darkness into His marvelous light. I hope we're hearing and seeing and believing this morning that God calls and equips all to serve for His glory. God calls and equips all, all who are His people. All of His people. He calls and equips all of His people to serve for His glory. Meaning if you're one of His, if you're saved by His grace through faith in Jesus Christ, then He has called and equipped you to serve for His glory. Whatever you do, Whatever you do, however you serve, work at it with all your heart as working for the Lord, not for human masters. Words written to first century slaves, but a message that applies readily to believers in every single age. Bezalel and Aholiab build the temple. Build the tabernacle for God's glory. Moses and Aaron mediate between a holy God and a sinful people for God's glory. Preacher, preach for God's glory. Teacher, teach for God's glory. Painter, paint for God's glory. Greeter, greet for God's glory. Janitor, clean for God's glory. Child care, Worker, care for children for God's glory. God calls and equips all to serve for His glory. So believer, what is God calling you to do? What is God calling you to do? How is He calling you to serve among His people in the church for the glory of His name? And I want to tread carefully here. Because we don't, we don't do our way into heaven. No one ever has and no one ever will, save one. Jesus is the only one. He is the only one who never broke God's law. God's standard is perfection and every single one of us has fallen woefully short of that. We don't do our way into heaven. We don't earn God's love. Praise God. He freely bestows it by His grace. He's a God of grace. Good works do not earn salvation. They do not earn that status, but that status of salvation produces good works. The saved desire to serve for the glory of the Savior. Those who receive God's gift of forgiveness desire to live lives that honor Him, to do what He has called us to do. To do what He has called called us out of darkness to do. So what has He called us to do? Well, then Jesus came to his disciples and said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Here's something Christ calls all his people to do. Here's something that Christ commissioned his people to do. Not, not a certain slice of skilled workers, but all of his people. Make disciples. Every believer is called by Christ to make disciples. Every Christian is a missionary called to engage the lost with the love and truth of Jesus Christ. The Bible says, devote yourselves to prayer. Being watchful 
and thankful. Once again, every Christian called to do this, called to pray, to devote ourselves to pray. Not a select few who enjoy that kind of thing. And friends, if this is what God has called us to do, every one of us to do, every single one of us to do, then it means he's also equipped us to do it. In other words, we can't say, I don't don't have the gift of evangelism. Or I don't have the gift of prayer. Because God equips us to do whatever he calls us to do. And the key is knowing the equipper and knowing that he is with us. For he said, and surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. You see, just as God filled Bezalel with his spirit, so he has filled the saved with his spirit. Called, filled, and equipped to serve for God's glory. All called to make disciples and to prayer, but not all called to preach. Not all called to teach. Maybe not all called to greet or to usher or to serve on the stewardship committee for just as a body, the one is many parts, but all of its many parts form one body, so it is with Christ. Even so, the body is not made up of one part, but many. Varied gifts for the diverse members of the body, gifted for God's glory. Friend, as you consider what God is calling you to do, let me ask you, how has God gifted you? How has God gifted you? I promise you, He's gifted you. He's gifted you for His glory. And if God gave you an outgoing personality and a friendly face, then you could bring Him glory by serving as a door greeter. If God gifted you musically, then perhaps He desires you to use that gift in the choir or the praise team or the orchestra. If He's gifted you with audiovisual interest or a tech mind. We've got places you can use those gifts for God's glory. If you love serving those who are hurting, then perhaps the Lord may be leading you to invest in our partnership with the Well House or the Jimmy Hill Mission. Two fantastic ministries meeting needs in the name of Jesus Christ. Or maybe you feel led to work with internationals. Maybe locally through a ministry like ESL or on a short-term mission trip or longer-term assignment. What is God calling you to do? How has God gifted you? Where will you serve? Where will you serve? Believer, God, God has called you to serve. He's equipped you to serve. He wants you to serve. And you know, if you know His heart, if you know Him, if you've truly experienced His grace, if you know His mercy and His love, His unfailing love, then I can promise you, you will want to serve Him. For even the Son of Man, even Jesus, the Son of the Almighty God, meaning He has all the authority of God Himself, He is God Himself, for even the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve And to give his life as a ransom for many. And this morning we have the opportunity to remember how he has served us. The suffering servant. The lamb of God whose sacrifice takes away our sins. And we remember that according to our Lord's instructions by 
partaking the Lord's Supper or communion, celebrating a reconciled relationship with God through Jesus Christ and a reconciled relationship with His people, becoming part of His people, anticipating the return of Christ even now as we see and acknowledge Christ reigning on high on the throne of heaven. So let me invite you right where you are as you remain seated to to reflect on the cross of Christ, to reflect on the servant heart of our God, to reflect on and to worship Jesus, the Lamb of God who takes away our sins. Father, help us to do so now. Guide us, prepare us, shape us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.